Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Oh, I feel like singing today and I've got my microphone all ready to go. So I might start crooning. You know, I've started this, you know, all these different series to really tackle lots of different issues involving our professional potential as well as our business potential. And in this series, my coaching series, I'm really looking for how people who coach businesses and individuals are, are really getting into nitty gritty of some really important topics. And today's topic is so pivotal right now. So joining me is Mona Del Sol, and she is going to talk to us about how you lead a, get this, ready? Multi-generational team. And Mona, as I introduce you here too, I was just talking with somebody else the other day who out of the blue brought up the fact that for the first time ever, we have five generations in the work in the workforce. And man, are we having some fun and challenges with that. So first of all, Mona, thank you so much for joining me today. And why don't you uh, give yourself a little bit of a better introduction than, oh. uh, than I just gave you? Well, I thank you so, so much, Michael, for having me here today. I am just delighted to meet you and to, to contribute to your listeners on the Shock Your Potential podcast, which I absolutely love the focus <laughs> of that title. It says everything. Thank so you. what I do in my business is I help leaders and their multi-generational teams connect with their individual and collective potential in order to maximize their impact. And I do that through I teach college, I coach executive coaching, and I also do uh, presentations on the topic. And I've been doing it for nearly five years, um, the teaching piece for nearly 23. And what I found in doing some of my work is that there's such a deep seated need to have this conversation. And mm -hmm. um, what prompted me to focus on this was a, a very memorable cup of coffee during one of my communication trainings at a retirement community, actually one of the best in our, in our country. And um, we were having this coffee break and there were two baby boomers to the side having their coffee. And then there was a group of millennials to the right. And I suddenly heard the ladies getting in a heated conversation and talking about the, the millennial generation. And, you know, it kind of mm -hmm. went on and on and then it started to escalate a bit. And then one of the millennials who happened to be in, in the tech department of that company overheard them 
and asked him what they were talking about. But the look on his face said everything to me. <laughs> so fortunately, it was a memorable coffee break and we got to uh, break it up and go have our seats and continue with our training. But later that day, I had to travel to Scranton, Pennsylvania, the home of the office. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, oh, yes. Yes. And talk to 30 student leaders. And, and I decided that since I was on a college campus, I would speak with them about the different generations and get their perspective. Mm. So I threw a question or two out and I asked them what they thought about the differing generations and specifically what was their, their perspective on baby boomers. And immediately Ooh, the hands like went out in the other court. <laughs> hands flew up and they all started rapid fire answering. They told me that they wanted to learn. They told me that they wanted to be mentored and they told me that they wanted to advance <sighs> themselves. So there was a, not just a generational gap, there was a divide. And yes. being that I had worked in all of the generations from uh, Gen Z to senior citizens over all these years and um, really benefited personally and professionally from those generations. I decided that that was really my mission right now is to, to contribute to kind of lessen that divide. And so that's what I've been doing primarily for the past year and a half, in addition to my coaching and my teaching and training. And it's amazing how much need and interest there is in the topic. You know, and one of the things you said in the beginning there, Mona, was, uh, and I, I know I'm not going to have the words right, but, you know, how to harness, you know, the, the powerful benefit of all these generations. And so I had two thoughts. Um, one was, you know, I told you right before we started taping that, you know, I kicked off this year with kind of this millennial series on the, um, on my podcast. And I did it because I was sitting in a meeting room with about 30 people and all of a sudden, somebody made a comment about millennials, and then somebody else jumped on the bandwagon, and somebody else, and they were like, this, this, and that, and that, and millennials, this, and that, and that. And I was just going, wow, because I looked around the room, and of those 30 people, at least six of them are millennials. Yeah. And I thought, can you not even see that we've got all these people in this room, and you can't paint everybody with this paintbrush? So true. But so that started, you know, my dialogue into it. But, you know, another thing that you just said reminded me of uh, about a year ago, I was sitting in a meeting listening to a, a multi-generational speaker. And he said, he was talking about how each of these generations has liked to learn and work. And, you know, he was describing, you know, my uh, Gen X generation as the ones that, you know, we didn't really want a mentor because we didn't have one because the baby boomers didn't want to mentor us and they're like, suck it up, buttercup, get going. <laughs> and so then, you know, the Gen X uh, generation, we have such pride in the fact that we learned things ourselves and we did it. And there's a pride in that. So sometimes Absolutely. we can put blinders on to, you know, the younger generation that may want mentoring. And we're like, well, why wouldn't you just want to go learn it yourself? And they're like, if you've already learned it, why would I torture myself? Love it. <laughs> it it's so interesting, Michael, to hear you say that because in my generational programs, I talk about the motivators and the mm. preferences of each generation. And one of the preferences of the Gen X generation is that they see advancement based on competence rather than um, position and title or age or seniority. And basically, mm. that's what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So interesting. And it really is because, you know, we, we have to recognize that there are differences. Um, yes. 
and and you know when we're aware of them we can start to understand each other but absolutely it really i mean we we not just that we have to get along but you know when we try to get along we can really benefit absolutely from, from all of these generations absolutely and you know you said something interesting at the start that there's five generations in the workplace for the very first time and the baby boomers are staying in the workplace longer mm -hmm. and this year in 2020 we have up to 50 percent of our workforce being the millennial generation yeah and now the the gen z's are entering the workforce our digital natives yes. and you know, they're graduating college at, at a time where it's very challenging because of the pandemic and this pandemic will actually shape their their lives moving forward but they're entering mm -hmm. the workforce and there are challenges there's no question but you talk about strengths and that's where we need to work from our strengths identifying those strengths and um that's what we talk about you know i i hadn't really thought of this specifically um but even i don't know why i haven't thought of it because it's affecting us all individually um and all of us uh, you know this it, because of the pandemic and working from home so many people working from home we know it's going to change the course of office buildings and work environments Absolutely. and team environments but um I guess I only think about, you know, well, what did it mean to me? Well, I was already working from home if I wasn't traveling and speaking, but you know, what does it mean for a baby boomer to be forced to work from home or a Gen Z or a Gen, uh, the iGen generation? I mean, that's going to really, everybody's going to handle this situation differently. And this is a long-term issue. It's a long-term issue. And these are really excellent, timely topics. As we just learned today mm -hmm. that Google is going to be having their workforce yes. at home until next summer at the very least. Yes. So, so this is a real issue and definitely general, generationally impacted because we have our younger folks, the Gen Zs and the digital natives, and then we have the baby boomers. And we even have some older traditionalists still in the workplace and this mm -hmm. shift there are many of them have been afraid of technology and they've mm -hmm. had a shift rapidly abruptly and for the long term and yeah. that's one of the benefits of the mentoring we talk about co-mentoring that we learn from each other and that's how we will uh, succeed in this in this crisis and in our generational workplace yeah, one of the uh, millennials that I interviewed for my millennial series was great because she said, you know what? I think everybody should have a millennial mentor. Love that. Absolutely. And I'm like, brilliant. I go, well, that's kind of, guess, what I'm doing with you guys is I'm interviewing you and I'm learning from you. Yeah. And, but it, it just really is, you know, still this common sense idea to me. And yet it, I know it's not easy for us to implement that communicating and asking questions versus making assumptions. Love it. Uh, oh, could actually help. I am excited, super pumped right now <laughs> because there's two, two ways we can look at this and address it and make it better. And you hit the nail on the head on the, the two key solutions I, as I see them. Look, I'm brilliant. I, I can hear Yes, help. absolutely. <laughs> well, here they are. And you just said, we have to watch our stereotyping. Yes. We, we really need to um, get to uh, know people for who they are as individuals and, and form deeper connections. And we, we need to be open and we need to check in with ourselves that we're not throwing out blanket stereotypes and yes. realize we have more in common than different. And then the communication piece, um, key, you know, how do we communicate with each generation? What are the preferences and, you know, how do we meet people where they are so that we can build our teams, engage our teams, retain our teams. So 
stereotyping and communication are two of the big um, educational components of my programs and, and where I build my action steps from. I was uh, thinking about, uh, I was speaking at a conference last summer and I went early and I was meeting some of the, the conference participants at like their kickoff breakfast. And I remember somebody turned to me and said, you know, or they were talking and they were kind of asking my opinion. And they said, you know, we're really trying to attract more millennials and, you know, uh, get them into our company and see that this is a great business for them to work in. And, you know, so what do you think? We're thinking about, you know, making, you know, a four, four day week work week and adding some ping pong tables. And <laughs> I go, so what do you think? I'm like, uh, is that what they want? And they go, well, that's what everybody says they want. I'm like, well, have you asked them? Ask like them. when you hire one? <laughs> have you asked them? Yes, ask them. And, and that along those same lines, someone said, you know, we want to do all this. How about we, we advertise in, in, in print media? And I thought, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not going to oh, be there. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so <laughs> they're, cute. They're not going to be there. <laughs> A yeah. big, giant, full-page ad yeah, in the yeah. newspaper. So we, we have to meet them where, where they are. And we do know just from some research what they like, but there's nothing that takes a place but just from just asking them. But um, they do like the mentoring. They do like to work in teams. And um, they really do want educational training. And they want mm -hmm. this feedback frequently and regularly mm -hmm. that we need to give them. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, I, my entire team is virtual and actually my entire team is based out of Kenya. So oh, we don't only have a virtual team, but you know, they're across, you know, on another continent and seven hour time zone for most yeah. of the year and sometimes eight, eight hours, um, depending on where I am in the country. But, um, you know, I, I have been trying to find this balance of, you know, um, of, uh, developing them and nurturing them and how much communication and what kind of communication and how do you develop a team? I mean, I've done it in the traditional sense. I've managed, you know, up to 500 people uh, that are all over the U.S. Um, and I've had to come up with training that engages them. And But it. this is a, it's a whole different environment. And my entire team is, they're millennials. And it's been really fun to try and stop and like coach them individually and try to slow myself down and say, okay, now how do you build a team this way? And, and asking for their feedback and what they're looking for. And, and they all communicate differently. You can't paint all of them with one paintbrush, um, nor can you paint every Gen Y or baby boomer with one paintbrush. But it, it's a great reminder to me that leadership is about still seeing the individual. Absolutely. And these generational um, facts, so to speak, and insights, they're just a guide. Nothing, mm -hmm. they're just a guide that help us to connect in, on common ground and to start the relationship. But to really build that relationship and engagement that impacts productivity and that mm -hmm. bottom line, we have to uh, develop genuine relationships with people. Absolutely. So when you're working with your clients and you're helping them through this process, you know, what are like the top three challenges that they face and how do you help them to overcome them? Oh. Yeah, it, things don't happen by accident. And that word speaking today is just really um, powerful from my perspective. So I think the three challenges that I, I bump into most often are uh, three C's, confidence, courage, and compassion. Ooh, very good. Yeah, so I do work with a lot of women professionals and no matter how uh, successful we are, we 
many of us, we really do struggle with our confidence. So first off, I'll identify the real problem and we'll do some coaching in that area, find out what the problem is. And then we'll talk about, you know, how we're going to overcome it and, and reach our goals. And, and almost often we hit the roadblock of confidence, you know, is it my fault? Is it their fault? Should they change? Should I change? <laughs> you know, and I always say, let's focus on what we have control over. So mm -hmm. confidence is, is an ongoing uh, process. You know, it's like if we give ourselves, no one can give to us. And then courage, uh, super important, especially for me in my career. Um, I waited for people to tell me that I was going to be successful. I waited for my family to pat me on the back. I waited for just that right day and that right person to make tell me I was going to be successful and um, I was terrified and no one came by and told me any of that <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm waiting and about six months into my journey in the beginning of my journey I realized that I was the person that needed to have the courage and the confidence and give that gift to myself and otherwise everything that I had done to get to that point, that six month point was gonna be for, for nothing. So um, yeah, courage. The only antidote that I found to, to fear is action. And, and mm -hmm. courage isn't in the absence of fear, it's when we face the fear. Absolutely. And then compassion, um, really listening in to what people are saying verbally and non-verbally and making sure that you know, I'm congruent in my messaging verbally and non-verbally. And um, helping people understand that we have more in common than we have differences and to really help them develop their empathy. And especially in this virtual world, we need to really be intentional, intentional about um, our human uh, connection yes. and, um, and having empathy and, and listening. Yeah, it's really true. You know, it's, it's harder, um, you know, so much harder to get those connections. And I was talking to, um, I interviewed a gentleman a few weeks ago and he works for IBM and they were bringing in still all of their, well, bringing in, meaning they were still having their summer interns, but they had to do it all virtually. Mm -hmm. And I said, so how did that go? You know, how did you do that? How did you form connections? And because that it's a great topic for you know us all. How do we get that personal approach? How do we you know we're dealing with generational issues? We're dealing with technology comfort levels. We've got all this stuff going on, but we can't shake somebody's hand when we meet them and welcome to the team. Yeah. You know you can't put your arms around somebody, and and it's it's the sense of you know such an unknown world. And I, he had some really great ideas. I mean, just as simple as, you know, we'll put them in different Zoom breakout rooms and we'll mix up who they're with and, you know, give them a topic and they only have a certain amount of time. So they have to be forced to interact with other people and create new connections. And I thought, you know, that's, that is so important that we watch that and we recognize that not only do we have these issues, but we have this added challenge of, of finding ways to be human together. Absolutely, I love that. And um, I think trying to be human is just really kind of putting the walls down and just being ourselves and, mm -hmm. um, and communicating with each other. More so right now, like it's better to err on the side of over-communicating I'm finding mm -hmm. than um, not communicating as often because I think that old saying out of sight, out of mind with this yes. virtual can really happen. So we have to be very intentional and, and daily um, 
communicate with our teams or, or we're going to be isolated and, and we are going to be out of sight and out of mind. You know, one thing that I did that I'm doing right just by completely by accident is because I hate to type and I hate emails. So I try not to send very many emails. So with my team, you know, if I have them working on a project and maybe they haven't done something exactly the way I want them to, and I haven't explained it. So I'll pop on uh, Zoom and I'll hit record and I will send them a video. I'll create a video message for them. And I'll say, so like Lorna, who's my, um, my marketing person, I'll say, hey, Lorna, I'm gonna share my screen. Now watch this. So now you just sent me this. This part is perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Here is where I'd like to have this change a little bit. Here's where I edited this, this is why I edited it. And, um, you know, with her, especially every time I send her a message, well, I don't have to do it very much anymore, but for the first three months that she worked for me, you know, it just, her comfort level, you know, expanded instead of like getting something back, you know, red marked or completely changed. I wanted to explain what I was doing and why, and still have that. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, this is awesome. Now there's a couple of things I want to expand on it. And to me, that is so much more personal. So now my team so sends much. me back video messages. Love that. That is just really powerful. And I just got a great tip from you. Love that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, and it makes, us, it makes us feel like we're still collaborating. And it. it makes us feel like we're on the same team. And it's so easy to get feelings hurt or to your point, not communicate. And so then you've got this gap and you're wondering what somebody's doing. And I don't need to look over somebody's shoulder all the time, but I... If I don't hear from you, I assume you've got everything handled, but I'd still like to know, hey, I've got it handled. That's great. What else you want to throw at me? Or, hey, I'm stuck in this point. And you don't get that same thing virtually unless you find creative ways to communicate. I just love that because I had this image in my head when you were speaking about the copy that you get that's all marked up in red. And how does anybody feel when they get that? Oh, no matter sucks. how good it is or how minor the edits are, it's that red in your face and how much more uh, effective and connecting and collaborative is that video, that Zoom video that you're doing. I absolutely love that. I'm going to start that myself. <laughs> you know, even I, as you were talking through that, I was going, so I was an English major. So, you know, I, that's all I did was, you know, redline things. Um, but I remember my very first uh, um, A plus in college on a college paper it was in my lit class and we were supposed to we were doing all this writing in the style of and we were writing poems in the style of Ovid and so I'd written this style this you know poem I love writing poems and I get it back and I see a plus and I but the first thing I see other than a plus is all the little red marks because I still had missing commas and things and I'm like well how do I get the A plus? A plus is written in red. That's written in red. And, and he wrote on there, excellent. He had one little thing. He wrote excellent juxtaposition. I didn't know what juxtaposition meant at that time. <laughs> I had to go look it up. But it's so funny that my first A plus in college, and what I remember is the red lead writing, red writing, and the yeah. commas and things I still screwed up. And you're like, oh, I got an A plus with still marks on it. I hear you. I would have done the same, felt the same way. And I, I imagine a lot of us do. So lots of therapy, you know, well, that was a great tip. I, I'm going to do my zoom that way. I just love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, so let me ask you, you know, when I, I love, you know, learning what people do for their clients and their customers, but I also like to learn a little bit about, you know, your background. So when you look and, you know, you think back in your past, 
um, I don't care how far, far past you got, but, you know, is there something in your, you know, professional background that, you know, really shocked your own potential? And, you know, when you think about that moment, you think, wow, that was a real turning point for me. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I could probably say a few things, but I think one of the um, most impactful times of my life where I felt like I was really stepping into living my potential was um, after I had my first child, and I was 30, I had um, started a graduate program. We had moved and there was no place for me to work where we had moved. I'd wanted to go to graduate school for a really long while and it really wasn't in the cards. We were raising a family, we were just married. And I did a bunch of research and I found a small college up in Northeast PA and they were um, offering a graduate assistantship to very competitively. And I had grown up in a single parent household. Um, my parents didn't encourage me to go to college. I didn't know how I was gonna to get to college. I knew that education was the key to unlocking my potential. So that I was happy that I had gotten undergrad, but not so sure I was ever gonna to get to grad school. So I, so I competed, I figured, well, what do I have to lose? I, I tried and I actually won the scholarship and the stipend and I worked for a woman, her name is Alice, and she's my boss today at the same college. <laughs> wow. And she's 86. She wow. was the most incredible role model. I, I got a stipend for working as her assistant and taking a full load of graduate courses. And she pushed me to really reach my potential. And um, she believed in me. She gave me my first teaching opportunity. And um, I found out what I could do through mm. that relationship, through that generation, intergenerational relationship. Yeah. So even today, she, she will hop on one of my Zoom programs if I'm doing a program for a company and if it's open to the public, she will jump on and she'll be my biggest cheerleader. So through that intergenerational mentoring, an opportunity opened up and it really helped me realize my potential and not only just impacted my life, but that of my children. And, my encouragement of them to uh, advance themselves in their education and reach you know some pretty cool career milestones in their lives so we impact others by realizing our potential we change oh, yes. future generations by living in our potential it's not just about us we we don't think that at the start but mm -hmm. it really does change the future generations wow that's a that's great it in a nutshell <laughs> I love it. Gosh, and what a great, you know, testament to, uh, to respect for someone and, you know, to resilience over time. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> great. I love that question. I love it. Well, we're getting close to the end and I know we'll have all of your contact information in our show notes, but just in case somebody cannot wait to look you up right this second, what's the best way for them to find you? Thank you. Uh, MonaDelSoul.com. Um, they can sign up to be on my mailing list and receive a PDF, a free PDF on how to work virtually and engage your team. So I would love for them to do that. Excellent. Goodness. Yes. I think you, I'm not, I won't be surprised if you have a whole lot of downloads because it really is going to be a critical issue now that we know we're in this for the long term. Yeah. <laughs> so Mona, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah. Thank you, Michael. So really just to follow up on what I just said about how by us living into our fullest potential, we impact the generations to come. I touched on my story very, very briefly. 
um, being told that I, I should get a job as a secretary at the local newspaper and don't worry about college. And, you know, I found a way to get there. I found a way to continue with my education. Um, today, my son's a spine surgeon. My daughter's wow. a speech pathologist. And I don't say that because of the title, but I say my hard work <laughs> changed future generations for generations to come. So we not only owe it to ourselves to shock our potential, we owe it to the people and our families and, and our future generations. I love it. And so absolutely true. Well, Monica, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. I just love your work and so appreciate being here and sharing my, my passion with you and your listeners. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad and I look forward to staying connected. Love to. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.